0: Fighting Strangers on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. Accounting and bookkeeping mistakes destroy thousands of small businesses every single day. Bookkeeping doesn't have to be hard. Turn to the number one invoicing software for small businesses. Start for free today at servenomaster.com backslash FreshBooks.
1: Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? if you want to make it online fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now then you've come to the right place welcome to serve no master podcast where you will learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green now here's your host I know that
0: Episodes have been a little bit sporadic lately and I'm trying to get back on track. My son now, instead of waking up at 6 a.m. like normal, he's been waking up at 5 a.m., which you know is when I get up early to record these episodes. So now we're dealing with this brand new challenge. Whenever you have young kids, as I'm sure many of you know, there's always different surprises that come your way. Additionally, there have been loads of additional rain, so going outside to record in the pouring rain, it's a challenge. But this morning, my son's still asleep. Fingers crossed that I'll get to record at least one special episode. And it's not pouring rain, it's actually beautiful outside. It's the nicest morning I've been up for in a while. And I'm kind of inspired about this new topic. Yesterday, I had to travel to a neighboring island to do some work with the government. You have to go in and kind of fill some foreigner paperwork out every once in a while. I'm still working on my marriage paperwork. We're doing all these things and working on some health insurance stuff for the kids. You kind of get all of our chores done when we go over to this island. And we have to take a boat each way And the boat's two and a half to three hours. We got really lucky. The boat was less than a two and a half hours each way. It's the fastest it's ever been. Really, really lucky, because sometimes you spend more than six, almost seven hours in the boat, just to spend two or three hours doing errands. And as a little special treat for the missus, we went by McDonald's on the way back. There's no restaurants like that where I live, fortunately, because I'd be super fat if I had something like that. I could eat every day. And while we're in line, I'm in line with uh, one of my friends, And something really interesting happened. This girl, this chubby girl, cut me right in line. I'm in the back of the line. Me and him are standing there, we're waiting our turn, and this girl just walks up and cuts right in front of us. And our two reactions were very different. Not to say one is right and one is wrong, but it was an interesting experience because it became a whole thing. First, I look at it and I go, well, this person's ridiculous, but if this person is that desperate to get into the front of the line, then fine, so what? I don't care, I'm not fighting In line for McDonald's. Now, if it was concert tickets or if it's something finite or something we're getting there later affects what you're going to get, that would be different. So I have this decision calculus where I go, we're not in line for concert tickets, we're not in line for a movie, I'm not going to get a worse seat because I'm behind this person. I don't care. For me, you know, I'm a big believer that what you put in the universe is what you get back. You can call it karma if you want but I believe that people that do bad things end up getting bad things back to them. And my first thought was, this lady's cutting the line at McDonald's, it's that important to her, she's gonna have something bad come back to her from the universe. You don't get rewarded for that type of behavior. It was totally ridiculous. There's also three lines, it wasn't like there was only one line. But the guy with me said something to her and he goes, what do you think you're doing? There's a line right here, get to the back of it, act like a human, act like a normal person. His response, not unreasonable. He didn't hit her with a hammer, he didn't punch her in the face, you pushed her back line. She went and got in the back of one of the other lines. Now, I'm thinking about this at the time. I think, oh, you know, I wouldn't have said anything because to me, who cares? I gotta wait 30 more seconds for my sandwich, whatever. It's not that important to me. So when I'm making the decision calculus, for me it's about how important is the actual thing. Whereas other people have this idea of it's the principle. People shouldn't do bad things to other people and when they do, you have to stop them. If you let people cut you in line, then they'll keep doing it. I totally understand that. It didn't end there. I get to the front of the line, I place my order, my friend is behind me, he's gonna order after me. I ordered for two people because I was ordering for my wife who's across the street running there and then coming over and I wanted her food ready when she gets there. As soon as I finish ordering, the same girl, the same chubby lady, cuts behind me in front of my friend (laughs) and tries to order in front of him. This is something I've never seen before, where someone tries to cut the same line twice for no reason. She could have just stayed in the other line, she could have waited until after he ordered, but for some reason she thought, he'll yell at me for cutting once, but I can get away with cutting twice, which obviously did not happen. So he raised another stink, pushed himself in front of me, what do you think you're doing? It's my turn, don't act like this. And he orders, whatever. I think, okay, we're done. Then for some reason, another guy, a totally, Different stranger is standing right behind us while we're waiting for our food to come. And I move out of the way. I don't want to be, you know, whatever this guy's up to, it's something weird. I don't want to stand right in front of this guy. But somehow it ends up in a weird confrontation between my friend and this guy. They start talking. Nothing comes of it because the guy's just a weird guy. But, you know, you don't want a stranger standing right behind you for no reason. It's a little bit uncomfortable. I totally understand that. Uh, especially where we live, you want to be on your guard about your safety. There's not really safety problems, but you don't wanna be stupid. And if someone's sitting right behind you, basically where they put your hand in your pocket, that's being stupid, so you move away. Finally, we go sit down at a table, these two incidents are finished, and we start talking to another foreigner who lives near where we do, and he starts talking about how he always gets into confrontations with people, he always has to remind people of the right way to behave, and that his girlfriend is often uncomfortable because he's so confrontational. But it's just, and then he goes into the spiel about that's just who he is. So I had this series of incidents, and that's kind of what got me thinking about the decisions we make and how we decide to handle situations. So each of us, three different people living in a foreign country, and we're from three different originating countries, America, Canada, and England. So all three of us are guys from different countries living in the same foreign country, and we all handle this type of situation differently. And I thought that was interesting that somebody would find it so important to impress their will on a foreign country that they would make their girlfriend uncomfortable. That's what got me really thinking. The two things that happened with my friend, they weren't that interesting. If someone cuts me twice, I'm definitely saying something. That's when it gets too ridiculous. I couldn't even believe the second cutting. But the first one, I wouldn't care that much because it's not a line that I care about. But it's a question of what is your focus in life? I don't really care about other people's behavior that much. I only care about how it interacts with my life, interacts with my family. Those things matter. When people intersect with me, yes, it matters. But because I'm a big believer that people get what they deserve, that when people do bad things, bad things happen to them, when you act like a jerk, jerky things happen to you, I don't really worry too much. I don't feel it's my responsibility to punish people, my responsibility to train people on the correct way to act in public, my responsibility to enforce social norms. It's the motivation that's where this gets a little interesting. So the more time you spend enforcing social rules the more time you spend thinking about well this is how things are and i have to stop people on principle or i have to interact with strangers on principle the less time you have to spend thinking about yourself see my friend was thinking about the greater good he's thinking about if i don't stop this girl now she'll do it to other people and continue to, do it to other people so in a way he's a hero right he's stopping someone from hurting other people now of course the hurting is cutting a line. It's not the worst of crimes, but it's something worth thinking about. It's something interesting. So at first in the story, right, you thought I was going to make a story and tell you that I'm the, the hero because I'm the good person because I don't care about other people and that stuff, but no, it's simply a different perspective. As we dig deeper, my belief in karmic justice, my belief that people get what they deserve means that I don't feel an obligation to enforce social norms, but it could mean that this girl goes out there and cuts thousands of people, and thousands of people get their... Lunches 10 minutes later because of this one villain. There is no right or wrong answer to this question. I've been in situations before where I'm the one who's demanding some justice and the people with me are uncomfortable. And I've been in plenty of situations where I'm the one who's uncomfortable because the people with me are demanding justice. We've all been in either situation. What I want you to think about today, and this is a critical lesson, is why do you choose one side or the other? What is your defining motivation? the more we can dig behind our behavior and understand ourselves, the more we can move on the path of improvement because all of these little things, they add up to affect how our day goes. For example, if you, every time someone does something wrong, feels it's your obligation to right that wrong, your day could go something like this. You get up in the morning, you gotta go to the gym. On the way to the gym, someone cuts you off. Needless to say, you follow that person and continue honking until they end up at their office, and you get out and you have a little confrontation with them in front of their office. You shout back and forth. Person goes, F you, I'm not doing this, and eventually, they go into work. They're red-faced and upset and comfortable, and you feel like, hey, i vindicated, but I would've liked to take it a little further. Maybe I would've liked to throw out a punch in their face. But, no time for that, you head back to the gym. Now you're at the gym 30 minutes late. Gym's a little bit more crowded now, so you can't get all the machines that you normally want. and when you're not looking, someone breaks one of the gym rules. Now, some of these I have as well will say something, you know, they don't wipe down a machine or sometimes people will cut you in a machine or they jump in or they, you know, break one of those kind of social norms rules. You're waiting for a machine and then they jump in before you. And again, you have a little bit of a confrontation. Person says, hey, sorry, all right, fine. I just didn't know you were waiting in line, whatever. It's your turn. You have your workout, but now When you leave the gym, you're 45 minutes late. And throughout the day, every time you have one of these incidents, you get pushed a little bit back. So the question is, is the time you spend enforcing these social norms, enforcing these rules, getting justice, worth the time lost? That's again where my decision calculus changes because I'm selfish. I am a pragmatist and I am a selfish person. I'm a selfish capitalist, I admit that. I don't hide that behind other things. I work to make money for me and my family my loyalty my alliances are to my family before anyone else most people in fact almost all people live this way but in our society most people won't admit it we feel this obligation to lie about what we care about because it's almost unacceptable to say that i'm someone who takes care of those closest to me first other cultures things weigh different ways in some cultures family is so important that's all people care about but in our culture We tend to mask the reality of how we live, but most of us go to work to make money, to take care of our family. We don't care about the other people at work. Perfect way to check this is, if the person next to you at work, that you've been friends with for 10 years, got fired, would you say a word, or would you keep your head down so you keep your job? 99% of people in America would keep their head down. Very few people would pull a Jerry Maguire and go, I'm leaving with you, right? When someone gets fired, no one does that. Because we're pragmatists at heart, even if we wanna mask it behind acts of charity and some of the other things we do. So as you're looking at how your day goes, as you're looking at how you move forward in the decisions you make, whether or not you decide to get in confrontations with strangers, whether you decide to get involved in a bit of road rage or shout at someone for cutting you in line, think about not just how you're affecting other people, but what it costs you in lost time and lost emotional energy. Because after people have these confrontations, and I believe this is the reason my friend ended up at a second one back to back because he was already amped up, it's that you get in an emotional state where the same thing happens over and over again. Now, one other interesting thing happened, I'll add it into the story because it was just the same characters, earlier, me and my friend had run into the same foreigner and uh, another place where we were doing some paperwork, some of the government, one of the government offices. Now, this government office is run unbelievably efficiently. I've never been a place like it before. You have to go in and you have to do some paperwork. It usually takes less than 10 minutes from when walk- I walk in the door when I walk out with all my paperwork updated. Unbelievable. And I've been in this government office all over the country. I've been in about five or 10 different ones in different uh, prefectures and different states. This one is run unbelievably well, even though it's on a tropical island. And I really respect that. They do it so, so well, and they're always on point, they're very quick, they're very professional, and they don't request bribes. Everything perfect. And one of the things I told my friend, the reason I don't talk to very many people where I live, and many foreigners, is because it always turns into this story of, oh, It used to be so much better here. Everything's getting worse. And I said, this is why I don't talk to most of the foreigners here. I don't have interest in that conversation. And I told him this story. There's a movie called Human Traffic, this really great movie from England about going to nightclubs. And there's two guys in a nightclub having conversations sitting on the couch like, dude, you should have come here 10 years ago. This club was the best back in the day. And they flash back to 10 years earlier and the guys are having the same conversation. 10 years earlier, the guy's like, oh man, you should have come here 10 years ago. It was amazing. There are people that are always living in the past. It's more common. It's really common in the nightclub scene or in the going out scene. People say that all the time. Like, you go to be the now, they're like, oh, you should have been there in 1999. You go in 99, like, you should have been here in 1995 or 1985. People are always saying the past used to be better. And this is exactly what happened. Within the first 10 seconds of me meeting this new stranger who I'd actually never met before as a friend of my friend. And he goes, oh, how long you been here? And I go, oh, four years. He goes, oh, I've been here four years too. It used to be so much better. Now it's getting so crowded. I believe that when you pull negative energy into your life, it affects what you're doing. And the reason this is on my mind is I'm almost done with 20K a day. I know I've been saying it for months, but I'm now really deep into the edit. I'm hoping to finish it today or tomorrow. So by the time you hear this episode, it'll have been well edited. But one of the things that I've really been really thinking about and talking about in the book right now, I'm in a chapter where I talk about how the things we do in our lives affect our emotions and affects the way we write. For example, right now I'm reading a detective story, a series of detective stories. They're actually British Lake District police procedurals, to be very specific, which means they're boring to most people, but it's a genre that I really like where you follow the detective as he follows clue after clue and in interviews the witnesses, and it's very slow and methodical, but for some reason, this character's always eating. Everyone kind of creates character, uh, definitions for their characters. He's a character whose hobby is fell running, which means he he does 24 hour races, and he's eating all the time. And it's always in my head. And as someone who struggles with my weight, I find that a little bit annoying, but it makes me eat more. <laughs> it's affecting my diet that I'm reading a book about a character who eats too much, which is why I'm trying to exercise twice as much. And as soon as I finish this recording, I'm gonna grab an extra bit of exercise to make up for Just reading about him eating a bag of donuts makes me nervous, I haven't weighed myself today. But just the little things we read affect us. When I read a story about a serial killer, if it's too scary, I start to get nervous in my house. I'm double checking that all the doors are locked and all these things that affects us. So it affects a little bit the way I think. And in the past, when working on multiple projects at the same time, researching for one project has affected how I write about the other project. This is why, since learning that lesson, I'm more careful about how I stagger my projects about a year or two years ago, I was doing a research project. I was doing some work in survivalism space. At the same time, I was writing something else in a dating book for ladies. And I noticed that the dating book was getting too paranoid. And I said this, because I'm writing about a space where paranoia is part of the package. So it affected my writing. The things we do can affect our behavior. So not only does getting in confrontations with strangers and being out there defending the world cost you a lot of time, it can also alter your emotional state to the point where it affects your writing. I don't know if you've ever tried this one, but if you ever try writing a book while angry, you'll notice, number one, it's hard, number two, it affects what you're writing about, it affects the story, and number three, it affects your ability to write. Because if you get frustrated with a little bit of the story, you start to get frustrated at the computer. Now, I've never smashed a keyboard over my knees, but you can build up to that point. We all have a certain amount of stress, frustration, anger, negative emotion that we can handle before we release it in a way that is not productive. I've been there with someone who followed someone they were mad at for a traffic violation. And I've been in the situation where the person we were following was a UPS truck. Now, normally I don't name businesses, but I've already mentioned McDonald's. Why don't I mention UPS as well? I couldn't believe it. (laughs) I was like, this guy's at work. What are we doing? And the UPS truck had basically pulled out. I don't know if he cut us off or not. He pulled out of one, in front of one store where he made a delivery, drove, 20 meters and pulled into another driveway of another store where he was making his next delivery. I don't know if he had enough time to realize there was a confrontation going on. Now before the person in the car with me could get out of the car I said are you insane this is a person who can't have the job unless they're strong enough to lift a box that weighs 150 pounds. Maybe it's 75 pounds now but one of the requirements is strength to work for UPS. Additionally what's the number one tool for opening boxes? Box cutter. Now I don't know if UPS Workers travel with one, they probably don't. But I do know that biting a UPS man in front of his truck is ridiculous. And I shut that one down. There used to be for a while this big trend of road rage where you get mad at someone for cutting off in traffic and then you start a fist fight. I've never been there for the full fist, right? The UPS incident was the closest I've ever been. But it was ridiculous to me. That's too far. If you're getting into fist fights all the time, you got a real problem. But what it is, is the buildup of emotional energy as you're more stressed out about one thing it leads to other areas of your life. I'm very aware of stress in my life because when my stress builds up, I start to have other problems. I start to have health problems. I start to be unable to work. I have to be super careful. And as much as I'm careful about stress, you also need to be careful about other negative emotions. So I want you to think about as you go forward, how these little things that we pretend mean nothing actually affect your productivity and work. That's what I really care about. You're going to get in a fight with some McDonald's and shout at them for cutting you in line, that's fine. But if two hours later it affects your work, was it worth it? That's what I want you to think about. That's the final thought I want you to have when you're deciding today, as you go out into the world, whether or not you're going to start a fight with a stranger.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to ServeNomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller serve no master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the serve no master podcast.
1: Follow me at facebook.com backslash serve no master.